With Netflix and Disney Plus struggling to add new US subscribers, some analysts say the SVOD industry has peaked, but it depends on how you judge industry growth. Listen on to find out why. This is Endscreen Noise. My name is Colin Dixon, founder and chief analyst at Endscreen Media, and today is April 6th, 2023. Data from Ampere Analysis suggests that the SVOD industry in the US has peaked. The company says average household spending on the services. It peaked in 2022 and will decline by 8% by 2027. But Looking at other growth measures, which I've spent the last uh, last week or so doing, it looks like the industry still has room to run. But before we get to the details, do you want to get up to speed on the fast market? You must watch my new class, Getting to Grips with Fast, a primer on free ad-supported streaming TV. Whether you're new to or immersed in the market, we've got you covered. The class defines key terms explains how the market grew so quickly, reveals the superpower of each of the top fast services, and tells you where the market is headed. It leverages the very latest data, putting it into context so you leave understanding the dimensions of the fast market and why it got that way, and more importantly, where it's going. So, Grab your notebook and let's get started. Head on over to Endscreen Media. You'll find the banner advertising the class right there. Or you can go to this podcast posting on the site and search for Endscreen Noise. And you'll find the link right there in that posting. Okay, so let's get back to the data. So as I mentioned, it really depends on what data you look at as to whether you think that SVOD has peaked. So from the perspective of penetration of US households, it could be that the industry really doesn't have much further to go. I was looking at some data from Kantar Media, which shows that penetration has reached 89% in the US. Now, if that number is true, SVOD penetration now is more deeply penetrated than traditional pay television ever was. I went back into my trusty spreadsheets and I found that cable satellite and telco TV penetration peaked in 2013 at 88.3%. And let me tell you, it's definitely on the way down now. In fact, looking at my spreadsheet and, and forecasting out a little, I'm pretty sure that the penetration of cable satellite and telco TV will fall below 50% this year for the first time in decades. What that means is that yes, SVOD is indeed deeper, more deeply penetrated in the US market at 89% than traditional pay TV ever was. And in fact, there may be a chance that SVOD may sneak over 90% penetration, uh, certainly with the introduction of cheaper ad tiers at Netflix, uh, that might help it just take that next step over the 90% barrier. But even if it does, it's definitely at or near its peak penetration. I don't really see it going much beyond 90%. 
So if we look at the number of SVOD services people are using, well, that number is very definitely still growing. I went and dug out data from TiVo's latest video trends report for Q4 of 2022. And that really shows the growth in the number of paid services that we are using between Q4 2021 and Q4 2022. And what the data says is that we basically added 1.1 paid services in that period. We now use 7.6 paid TV services. Pretty big total. Now, the TiVo data also includes traditional pay TV and virtual MVPDs. So it's not just SVOD, but you can bet that the majority of the services in that 7.6 are almost certainly going to be SVOD services. What's really going on here? Why are SVOD services, the number of SVOD services we have continuing to grow, even though the overall penetration seems to be flattening out at about 90%? Well, what we're doing is we're filling out services to reflect our specific needs and interests. And to get an idea of how far we're going to go with this, we don't have to look very far. We can look back to Cable's heyday. And in those days, there was lots of Nielsen data that showed no matter how many channels people threw at us, we used 17 TV channels in any month. And that about seven or eight of those channels were really core channels that we were using on a weekly basis. Now, the average SVOD service, certainly on the bigger ones, on the bigger SVOD services, they have way more content than the average television channel had in typical pay TV systems. So we probably don't need quite as many SVOD services as we did channels. But... What we do need is special interest stuff. That's where we're really seeing, I think, the big growth in SVODs right now. We're starting to see us fill out our particular interests. And this only makes sense because the big services, they have some something of everything, right? Um, like for example, Netflix has some anime, but it is not enough if you're an anime fan to really fill your needs and you're probably going to run off and subscribe to something like Crunchyroll, right? That's 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 going to be something that you want in your mix. For me, I have the big five services, but I still find that I want more factual content, more, more scientific and historic content, which is why I subscribe to CuriosityStream. I'm also, as you can tell by my accent, I'm an ex-Brit, so I'm going to want more of that stuff. So I've got BritBox and I want to keep my I want to keep fit and healthy and I've also subscribed to Studio Sweat on demand. So there I have three extra services that really service my particular interests and I bet if you think about it you can come up with some extra interests that you would like a service providing more content for you in. However, it could be that the growth in the number of services could also be approaching its peak too. And here's why. SVOD usage in the last year actually seems to have declined just a little, uh, at least according to TiVo. TiVo, in their latest video trends report, broke out viewing by business model. So this is based on a large survey of US and Canadian uh, adults. 
So it, it's really a mix of those. And they really ask them which services, which types of services they use and how much they watch them. What Thibaut found was that the percentage of daily viewing time attributed to SVOD services shrank in 2022 from 31.4% to 30.1%. Now, that's not a big decline. What was a big decline was the fall in the use of traditional pay TV. It fell from 38% to 32.1% of daily viewing. And interestingly, virtual MVPDs didn't pick up the slack. They only gained 0.3% to reach 8.1%. So SVOD didn't see a big decline, but I think it is significant that it saw a decline. What was the big winner here? Well, you know what it was. It's those fast services, free services increased usage hugely from 10.3% to 23.5%. That's a stunning gain in just one year. And that actually is one of the reasons why I think that we're going to see a slowing in the addition of SVOD services, as well as this stabilizing or slight decline in the usage of SVOD. Fast services are really now having a big impact on SVOD usage and on traditional pay television. Going forward, we're going to continue to see big growth in in fast services and maybe SVOD will just stay around about where it is today. Um, I'm, I'm actually expecting most of the gains of free ad-supported streaming TV to come out of pay television, not out of SVOD, but we may see more small gains there. I want to talk about spending next and this is actually a bit of a contentious issue. I was pretty surprised at some data that I saw today from Parks Associates. They say that spending on SVOD services has declined since Q1 of 2021 when it peaked at $90 a month. What's more, they say it has declined a lot They're calling out a $21 decline over the last year to $69 a month in Q3 of 2022. Now, to be fair, Parks is including all pay streaming services in their total. So that would include virtual MVPDs. It would probably include sports services as well. However, looking at the other data we've seen so far, I really find this decline a big surprise. And I actually have other data that says it's continuing to increase. So going back to TiVo Video Trends Report, it says spending on SVODs increased in 2022 from $42.03 to $49.08. So that's about a $7 increase. And that jibes really well with TiVo's claim that we actually added one or 1.1 paid services over the period. So that seems to be really, really consistent. My belief is actually that we are continuing to spend more. Uh, There's other evidence as well from the DEG, the Digital Entertainment Group, which tracks SVOD spending. And it certainly saw a big increase in the amount of revenue uh, received by SVOD services in 2022. So not quite sure how Parks is calculating that, 
but I tend to believe that actually the amount we're spending on SVOD services is still increasing uh, and probably will continue to increase in the next year as well. However, I should note, we spend way more on the big TV channel bundle that we get when we buy cable, satellite, telco, or a virtual MVPD service. We spend way more on that than we do on SVOD services. The average cable, satellite, and telco TV customer spends, wait for it, $120 a month, while a virtual MVPD subscriber spends $65 a month. That means big, TV channel bundle customers spent $91 billion on their service in 2022. The amount spent on SVOD, on the other hand, was a third of what was spent on the big TV channel bundle. So that, I think, is one of the reasons why we are going to continue to see a dramatic decline in traditional pay television. It simply doesn't make sense that we are spending so much money on a bundle of content that is commanding less and less of our attention over time. I fully expect uh, us to be spending more time with SVOD services by the end of this year than we are with pay TV. And that doesn't even include the fast services. Last year, according to TiVo, we spent over 50% 50% of our daily TV time watching streaming services. So it doesn't make sense that we spend so much money on a product that is commanding less and less of our attention. I've thrown a lot of data at you today and some of it shows that SVOD, the SVOD business is still growing. Some of it shows that it's flat. Some of it shows that it might actually be declining a little bit. But what I think it does show is that it helps explain some of the behaviors of companies in the SVOD market that we are seeing. For example, what we know is that the big growth phase in in subscriber gains in the US market is over. For the big guys, those massive gains year over year, we're probably not gonna see a return to that. We will continue to see incremental growth, I think, particularly with the advent of cheaper ad-supported tiers, but we won't see big growth anymore. So what that means is for service providers, in order to continue to show revenue growth, they have to find new ways to better monetize the content that they have at their disposal. We're seeing that happen in two ways, right? The first way is what we've already talked about. That is the addition of ad-supported tiers. This is a beautiful way of earning new revenue because the more your customer watches, the more money you earn. That's why we're seeing big growth there. The other other reason, of course, is that this market is expanding so fast, so much faster than the growth in subscribers, much, much faster. So if you're a SVOD provider, you want to be participating in a market that is growing really, really fast, like the ad market. So launching an ad-supported tier makes total sense. But there is another way you can participate in that market. And this too is something that we're seeing SVOD providers do. And that is they are launching ad-supported channels in other services. 
For example, CuriosityStream has launched a fast channel and so has Hallmark now and many of the top fast platforms are carrying those channels. This is a great way of earning extra revenue from content that quite likely is not earning uh, very much revenue or not helping you very much in your core need with your owned and operated SVOD service. So you can better monetize it outside in a, in a channel like this. And it also acts as a great come on, a great enticement to get people over to your service. If they know that they're watching CuriosityStream channel in a free service, they're more likely to come and join you if they like that channel and sign up and subscribe. We are certainly going to see more services launching fast channels in the next couple of years as they try to better monetize their content. And if you would like a rough transcript of today's podcast, why don't you head over to the End Screen Media website, just come to the Analysis tab and look for the latest posting for End Screen Noise. It should be right there at the head of the page if you're listening to this within the first few days of its release. Uh, and not only will you find a rough tri- transcript, you will also find a bunch of diagrams, which I think you'll find really helpful in understanding the trends and dynamics of the SVOD market too. Uh, and I would love it if you took a moment to post a comment about the podcast while you're there. Love to hear what you think about what you're hearing in this podcast. And while you're at the End Screen Media website, why don't you sign up for our free newsletter daily or weekly and uh, it will come directly to you. So you'll always know when the latest postings are available on the website. This has been Colin Dixon with End Screen Media. And I'll speak with you again next time. This podcast is the property of Endscreen Media. All rights reserved.